My dear friends, in today's uh, sermon, today's Mass gives me the cue, you could say, to speak of a topic that I find very important and that I've been meaning to speak of uh, for a long time. I've spoken about this uh, before to the parents that are in the school, the parents rather, I should say, that have their children in school. But I think it's a topic that is relevant to all of us, and so I, I will address that today. In the Gospel, our Lord speaks to us of the importance of being in the state of grace. He says that many people are invited to the marriage feast, and many even come into the marriage feast. This marriage feast obviously is the church. And our Lord says there are both good and bad in the church. But then he says that the king comes into the church and he sees a man that is not wearing a wedding garment. That wedding garment obviously is the state of grace to be in, in the friendship of God. And when the king sees that, this man is thrown out into the abyss. He's thrown to hell. And so our Lord here is giving us a warning. He's saying, it doesn't suffice if you come to Mass on Sundays. It doesn't suffice if you are called Catholic. But if you're not in the state of grace, it is necessary that you're in the friendship of God so that you can save your soul. Now, my dear friends, you hear me repeat things, and I, I repeat myself a lot, and that I do, I do purposely most of the time, because repetition is necessary for us to, to remember things that are important. Think about this. You get the influence of the world six days of the week, 24 hours. You get the influence of God, perhaps a few minutes a day, and only one hour during the week. So if during this hour that you come every Sunday, I repeat to you the same things over and over again, don't take it badly. It is necessary to remind you of these things that the world makes you forget, makes us, I would include myself, makes us forget. And so the point that I will hammer down today is this. Nothing is more important than your salvation and that of your children. Nothing is more important than you having this wedding garment and your children having this wedding garment. Nothing else. If you work, it is only to secure the eternity of your children. If you take care of your house, it is only to secure the eternity of your children. There is no other purpose to it. Because if it wasn't so, What's the point of you working so hard and giving money to your children and giving them a good education when you know that they will die? But the reason why you do these efforts, everything in your life, is just so that they make it to heaven. And so, my dear parents and friends and everyone, if you're failing at this one point of making sure that your children are in the state of grace, what is the purpose of all your other efforts? That's the only one. Let me give you an example that I was giving in South Dakota. I was there this last Friday. As you know, you can imagine, most people there are farmers. Here in the parish, we have also many farmers. But in South Dakota, the lands are pretty bad. So often, you will have your farm and you have to rent another piece of land somewhere for pasture or crops or whatever else. Imagine that you're a farmer 
And your father comes and says to you, my son, when I die, you're going to get 200 acres of land. Let's say 2,000 acres of land. A lot of land. Son, when I die, this is yours. You are renting 20 acres of land somewhere else. Imagine that for some reason you see someone in this situation and they invest all their money in the 20 acres that they're renting. And they go and they dig a well and they put the irrigation system and they fence around and they build a building and they spend $100,000, $200,000 in this land that they're renting. You would say to this person, you're an idiot. I could say other names here, but children would laugh. What kind of crazy person would do this? You're renting this place. Why are you putting your money in that? That land is yours, 2,000 acres. Invest all your money in that. Forget about the place that you're renting. Take care of it. You have to. But that's where you want to put your money. Well, my dear friends, that's what we do with our lives. Your 20 years that you have to live, or 10 years that you have to live, or one year, or two months, who knows? The time of your life is rented, is not yours. You're not going to possess it. Everything that you're having here, you're going to lose. Everything, I've said this before. Work for it, yes, but remember that. Everything that I have here is rented. Where should I invest in those 2,000 acres that my Father in Heaven, to give an example, an analogy, that my Father in Heaven is giving me? And the same do for your children. Invest on those things that you own. Invest in your eternity. That leads me to the second point of my sermon. St. Paul tells us in today's epistle, do not give place to the devil. And my dear friends, today I would like to speak of a very important topic, very specific, which is the occasions of sin, and especially, particularly, the occasion of sin for our children. Now, I do want to give you a warning. This is a kind of sermon that some people might hear, and as they're driving back home, someone will say, that was too harsh. I think Father is taking it too far. I don't agree with that. You're free to do that but you're uh, liable to the consequences. This is a kind of sermon that some people might not agree with. It's gonna be very specific. And I'm gonna be specific not based on any knowledge because a priest has no knowledge of what happens in the confessional. I don't know what happens in the confessional. I'm basing myself on my own experience when I speak of occasions of sin and on the things that I hear and that I speak of with other families, with many families, with many people. As you know, I speak with people in Mexico, Canada, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Florida, the Canarian Islands, Spain. You have experience from these conversations. And so don't take it the wrong way if I go very specific, because if I don't go specific, the sermon would be useless. I want to speak to you especially of three occasions of sin that as parents and superiors, we often neglect. One would be social media. The other one would be the use of technology. And the third one would be to spend the night over at other people, people's homes. All of these three are going to be controversial, perhaps. 
Allow me first to begin by explaining what is an occasion of sin. An occasion of sin is something, a situation, a thing, a friend, that causes me to fall into sin. Now, there can be occasions of sin that are necessary and occasions of sin that are unnecessary. What's an occasion of sin that is necessary? Let's say that I have a drug problem. Don't cut this, this part of the sermon short and put it on YouTube. Let's say that I have a problem with marijuana. And um, let's say that I work in a store where they sell these things, but I have no other choice. I don't have any other job. This is what I need right now to survive. That's a necessary occasion of sin. I cannot get out of it. What I need to do is pray, be very devout, to get, try to get rid of that occasion as soon as possible. But at the moment, I cannot get rid of it. Give you another example. Let's say a man that works in an office. That's his only job. He cannot get another one at the time. But let's say that there is a woman tempting him in the office. Well, it's a necessary occasion of sin. I cannot get out of it, but I have to pray to try to get rid of that situation as soon as possible or try to become myself as strong as possible. Those are necessary occasions of sin. I cannot do much about them. The other ones that I'm more concerned about today are the unnecessary occasion of sin. What would that be? Well, let's say that I'm, I'm a young man and I have my friends that are doing drugs in someone's apartment. I don't have any duty to go there. There's no reason for me to go there. But I say to myself, I'm going to go there. I won't do anything, but I'm going to go there to hang out. That's an unnecessary occasion of sin. I'm sinning by the mere, mere fact of going over there. Give you another example. Let's say that I'm dating. And dating is fine. You have to do it. It's a necessary occasion of sin. But let's say that as I'm dating, my girlfriend or my boyfriend says, well, there's no one home right now. Why don't we go home? And we spend, you know, some time in there. That's an unnecessary occasion of sin. And I sin just by the mere fact of putting myself in that situation. So my dear friends, those kind of situations of dangers that are unnecessary, those ones, as parents, we have to remove as far as we can, as much as we can, regardless of the consequences, precisely because they are unnecessary. And this is where we come into these three particular things. Let me cover each of them very quickly. Young people, bear with me. It's for your good. Let's go into the first one, which is social media. In social media, we have to worry about two things when it comes to our children. The first one is what they see. I don't need to convince you. You don't need to know from me. If you're in social media, if you have used social media, you know that it is a cesspool of the world. It is as if they took all the bad things from the world and put it into a cup. Is it necessary? Sometimes. I myself had to be in social media for the podcast project. But are you going to give that to your children? That cesspool of the world, are you going to give it to your children so that they can see it? My dear parents, be aware of the dangers where you put your children at. The things that you didn't have access to when you were younger, now they do have access to it. If you were young and you wanted to watch perversion, immorality, bad examples, 
You needed to go to bad places. You needed to destroy your reputation. You couldn't go unless you had a car. You needed money for it. It was impossible for you. For your child, all that he needs to do is press a button. And he has, he has access to all that filth and worse that you ever imagined. How can I put my child in this danger? It is untenable. The other danger with social media is what I put in there. And this is something that many people, it slips their minds to many people. Consider, for example, a woman back in your day when you were young, or well, if you're still young, but back in the 80s, in the 70s, if you were a woman and you dressed immodestly, it was a very bad thing. 50 men, perhaps 20 men would sin by looking at you and you would have to go to purgatory for 20 or 50 sins. They would have to pay for their sins as well, but you were accountable for that. But my dear parents, my dear friends, a young woman today that thinks I look very well in this tight clothing, I look very well in this exercise outfit, I'm gonna post a picture for my friends and I put it on my social media. It's not 10 or 20 or 50 men that look at that. It's thousands. I had 20,000 likes in my picture. My picture has been shared 10,000 times. How many men have downloaded this picture? One picture that I put of myself. How many sins will I have to pay for? And my dear friends, especially the young women out there, you might think, well, I look very well. I would like to share this. And this is a tight clothing, revealing. What if there was a child somewhere in Mexico or Canada or Europe who is eight years old, nine years old, and he looks at your picture and he loses his innocence because of your picture? Is it worth for you to share that picture and destroy someone's innocence? What great dangers that are in social media. But my friends, especially parents, your daughters will not think of this. They do not think of that. You have to come and talk to your daughters and your sons and tell them it is very serious what you put on social media. Be very careful. In fact, if I was a father, I would say, you cannot put anything in social media without me looking at it. There's really no reason for you to have it. Now, my dear parents, as I, the sermon might drag a little bit long, but it's an important topic. Before I continue, I do want to say this. I don't say these things because I'm angry or because I'm frustrated. I say these things out of love. In the same way that you as a father, you love your family and you tell them and correct them. I am the father, the spiritual father of the parish. Worthy or not, that is my role. And so I don't come here and yell and shout just because I'm passionate or Mexican or because I'm angry. I come and tell you these things out of sheer and pure love for your souls. I don't want you to be lost and I don't want your children to be lost. Keep that in mind. The second topic that it needs to be mentioned is devices, technology, cell phones, computers, laptops, etc. And to this, I'll give you very specific principles. Your children should not have a TV or any kind of screen in their rooms. 
There's no reason for that. None whatsoever. What can they see today in those things? It's, I cannot even mention it here from the pulpit. But there's no reason for it. There's no reason even to have a TV at home. But let's say that you have one at home, have one in the living room, have one computer or the computers that are necessary in your living room. And if your children need a phone, if they really need it, they leave it in the living room. They don't bring it to their, to their room. They don't need it in their room. Let them be free in their room to think, to read, to socialize. But a parent that gives a child, especially a child, a screen is destroying that child spiritually, intellectually, and socially. Your child will be unable to socialize to people, unable to speak. He will be unable to think, unable to come up with stories, unable to make phrases in her head, in his head. And worse, he will be perverted very, very quickly because you're giving him again access to the cesspool of the world. When should your child have a phone? When he is able to buy it and pay for his monthly fee? And that, because then you cannot stop him. He's going to do it regardless of whether you give it or not. But my friends, in this point, you might say, Father is excessive. I'm going to go even further, double down. Adults should block their phones. I don't care if you have problems or not. I don't care if you have temptations or not. As an adult, it is a healthy thing that you have your phone blocked, that you have no access to that filth. I do it as an adult because it's the safe thing to do, it's the appropriate thing to do. If adults should do it, all the more children, and that will be a good example for them. The last point is also important, but here I want to be very clear. I spoke about uh, what they call sleepovers, when my child goes to spend the night at someone else's home. And here I want to be very clear. There is no teaching of the church regarding this specifically. Uh, it's not like it's a sin if you send your child to sleep the, uh, at someone else's home. You might trust the family very well. It might be your brother, your sister, someone you know perfectly. So I'm not going to say that it's always a sin, but I do want to point, put it this way. There are things that are sinful and there are things that are bad ideas because they're risky. This is where we put this one. And I will tell you this, if I was a father, if I had daughters or sons, the rule would be very simple. There are no sleepovers, neither here nor there, no, at no time. Will you be spending the night in someone else's room? I don't care how good their parents are. I don't care how good the children are. It's not a worth it risk. What are the advantages? Well, I have fun a little bit. You know, I spend more time with them. Yes. What are the risks? The risks are huge because you're being put in a situation where you're in an intimate environment with someone else. No reason for that. Maybe I know the mother and she's very good, but maybe the father is not. Maybe the, the mother and the father is good. Maybe the uncle or the aunt are not. Maybe everyone is good in the family. But at the last moment, a friend comes over and she joins the sleepover or he joins the sleepover. And that one person brings bad example to everyone. 
in one night, in one hour, my child can lose the innocence, can receive very bad examples, who knows what else. Would, my dear friends, that I didn't know these things by reality, by the confirmation of reality, but I do. Many of you parents might be thinking, life is not always like that. I lived all my young years and nothing like that happened. There are other priests that say that there's nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something real quick, my dear friends. There are priests that lived all their life being innocent. Maybe you as a parent, you have been a very good person and you've lived all your life in innocence. Let me speak to you as someone that does know what it's like not to be innocent because I was a convert. These things exist. And so if you think to yourself because you are good that this cannot happen to my child, think again. Then human nature is like that. 80%, 90% of the times things go like that. I'm in the front lines, I was there, I was down there, I know exactly what it is. And that's why I say to you, my dear parents, take care of these occasions of sin. Don't allow them in your home, social media, cell phone, sleepovers. I don't want to drag that sermon too long, but I'll end with this point that is also very important. All the children and teenagers right now might be looking at me saying, Father, you're ruining my life. And I will say this, parents, if you take those things away, we have to fill the gap. We have to fill that void. And that's why it's so important. If I take the phone away from my child, I need to give him something to do. I need to keep him entertained. I need to give him something fun, something to develop his personality, his physique, his social skills. And so parents, do parties at your home, do social gatherings at your home, Find ways for your children to have fun. You do have fun with them. My child really wants to do a sleepover. Say, okay, let's do a sleepover. We'll all stay in the living room. I will be there, your mom or your dad, and the other father will be there too. But we will all be there in the same room. I'm good with, I'm good with that. Have fun with them and give them parties. And here's Father Cepeda from the pulpit preaching about you partying. Do that too, that's necessary. Fill the gap for your children and you will see that you can live a very happy life away from occasions of sin. But my dear friends, above all, keep this in mind. What we care about most in our life is to love our Lord Jesus Christ, to love our Blessed Mother, to remain close to them. In them is our happiness. In them is our good life. Our main goal for our children is not that they are well-educated. That is good, but it's not the main goal. It's not that they're wealthy, because they will lose that too. Our main goal is that they keep that innocence, that wedding garment, and that they persevere with that till the rest of their lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.